Turn with me, if you will, to Acts chapter 2 and verse 41. The Christian in Vietnam by the name of Dinh Trung had been arrested over 20 times, put in prison, suffered for the sake of sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with other people. Uh, as he was on his way uh, to the district of, of Cal, uh, he was once again arrested, and he shares this. He says, I was in an isolation cell about two meters square, uh, about 6.5 feet square. It was very dark and dirty with no windows. They did not allow me to bring anything inside, and the mosquitoes could freely bite me. The smell was terrible, and I couldn't bathe, and I got a high fever. His wife and three children were left to care for himself. And when the voice of the martyrs shared his story, uh, Christians uh, began to send letters and so forth from around the world. And uh, he was offered to be set free early. But he shared that he wanted to remain in prison because he had been witnessing and sharing Christ with people in his prison cell. And he wanted to be there and make sure that they understood the things they needed to understand about their relationship with Christ. So he finished out his prison term, and then he went home and he continued to minister and to reach out to people. There was a devotion there. The greatest example of devotion that I know is in our Lord Jesus Christ. He left the throne of glory, became a man, lived up lived a perfect life, and went to a cross for the sake of you and me. Then he rose from the dead and has ascended to heaven. But Jesus, through his devotion, said, No one takes my life from me. I lay it down willingly. Jesus was sharing one day, and he said, He who seeks to save his life will lose it, but he who loses his life for my sake will find it. Could it be? One of the reasons many Christians don't have joy is they just aren't devoted to Christ. Could it be that there is no joy in the lives of many Christians because there is no commitment in their hearts and lives? I believe we need commitment. We need commitment not only for personal reasons, but also so that we can make a difference in our world. At no other time in the history of our country have we needed God-fearing God-loving Christians to make a difference, to shine a light in the schools, to shine a light in the workplaces, to shine a light in the places all around us where people need Christ. There's a need for God-devoted Christians. I believe here in this scripture, we have a great example of the devotion that's a result of what God has done in the life of this church. Now, Peter has just preached a sermon at Pentecost. All kinds of people have come to faith in Christ. 3,000 people saved in one day. We baptized one today. Hallelujah for it. I'm excited. They baptized 3,000. Can you imagine what that must have been? But so great and so powerful was the Spirit of God upon this early church that they had a, a spiritual devotion that is described in verse 42. Let's look at this scripture. 
And the title of my message is Devoted to What Matters. Verse 41. So those who accepted his message were baptized, and that day 3,000 people were added to them, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Devoted to what matters. And by the way, did you know that it's not mentioned here in this verse, but the result of this devotion was that the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. I'm going to tell you something. When God's people are devoted to Christ, in love with Christ, uh, wholeheartedly committed to Christ, we won't have to beat the, beat the barn to beat the, uh, go out and try to harvest as much uh, with, with great effort because people will be coming to Christ. People will be touched by the Spirit of God. They will be impacted through your life and through mine. But they were devoted. And the, the, the Greek word here has an idea of an ongoing devotion. This is what was happening each day. It wasn't that they were devoted on Sunday and took the rest of the week off. They were devoted, ongoing devotion to the Lord. And they were devoted, first of all, to Bible teaching. It literally says the apostles' teaching. But where do we have the record of the apostles' teaching today? It's found in the Word of God. Bible teaching. They were devoted to Bible teaching. Now, there's many ways that we can be devoted to God's Word, and they're all good. You can be devoted to God's Word. Uh, through your personal time of reading Scripture, studying the Bible, memorizing and meditating on Scripture, all those things are great. But what they're talking about here in this Scripture is that regular time of assembly where the Word of God would be preached and people would be touched by the power of God. God has designed the preaching of His Word to be a ministry to the body of Christ. And so there needs to be a devotion to those things. Let me ask you something. I'm not asking for testimony time, okay? Are you devoted to the teaching of God's Word? I didn't ask if you came. I'm grateful you're here, by the way, okay? So don't, but are you devoted to it? Do you have a heart, a hunger for the teaching of God's Word? You know what the Bible says? His Word is spiritual milk says, as newborn babes, desire this spiritual milk so that you can grow thereby. You see, there was a, there's a devotion to the Word of God. Devotion to that teaching. Um, many times people are devoted to teaching that's not healthy, such as in uh, the, uh, the time in Germany where Hitler was reigning. There, many people were devoted to to the Third Reich. They were devoted to the teachings of the Hitler Youth. They were devoted to all of these things. People can be devoted to all kinds of things, but they may not necessarily be good things. But to be devoted to these things we're talking about here today are to know uh, the presence and the power of God upon your life and to know His joy. They were devoted to Bible teaching. So make, put it in, in your heart and make a decision in your mind today that you're going to be devoted to be here, of course, but also 
uh, to have a heart for the things of God. You say, well, how can I choose to do that? Well, you can choose to do it and say, Lord, I'm choosing to do this, and I'm trusting you to change my heart so that I will have a, a hunger, an appetite for the Word of God. Give me a hunger. I, you know, the Bible says if we ask according to His will, He'll hear us. I believe that's according to God's will to give us a hunger for the things of God. Here's another thing you can do to give yourself a hunger for the things of God. Confess and repent of your sin. If you're living an active, open sin against God, you will not be devoted to the Word of God. Somebody once said the Word of God will keep sin from you, and sin will keep the Word of God from you. Uh, Both of those things are, if you're living in sin, you're going to have no appetite for the things of God. You need to confess that sin to God and repent of that sin so that you can have an appetite for the things of God. Also, ask other people to pray for you. Ask ask a friend, say, would you pray that God will give me a hunger for his word, a hunger for Bible teaching so that I can grow in my walk with God. So we need to be devoted to Bible teaching, and also we need to be devoted to fellowship. It says, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching to fellowship. The word fellowship is an interesting word. It's the word koinonia, and it means to share. Uh, to have things in common. Uh, it, it's the idea of sharing a common relationship. Um, true Christian fellowship involves more than just talking about the ball game. That's fun to do, and I praise God for ball games. I love ball games. But, but true Christian fellowship goes beyond that kind of conversation to talking about the Lord. One great place you can find uh, for Christian fellowship is Sunday school. I would encourage you, if you're not a part of Sunday school, to make that uh, step, to take that step. Try out some Sunday school classes. Find your niche uh, here in, in, uh, in that Sunday school class and, and allow that time of sharing with other believers in a small group setting to build your spiritual life and help you become what God wants you to be. Fellowship is important. Uh, other ways you can do fellowship, you might go and, and do a hobby with some other believers or or you might eat dinner, eat lunch or something during your lunch hour with somebody who's a believer. and you, uh, Or you might have a prayer meeting together. Uh, different ways that you could do that, but you share your struggles, you share your, uh, how God's ministering to you through his word, uh, and you support each other in prayer. That's the idea. There's a, a fellowship that takes place, and they were devoted to this fellowship. Now, I've heard people all my life say, well, you know, I can do church on the golf course. Oh, really? How many other believers do you have out there with you? Because the Bible says church doesn't have... By the way, you know the church is not this building. The church is other believers in Christ. And God has designed us. The Bible says God has designed us to be dependent on each other, to need each other. A lone ranger Christian is something that does not exist. You may, ha- you may be a Christian, you may be a lone ranger, but you're not going to be a successful, growing, vital Christian by yourself. We all need other members of the body to build us up. When you're struggling, you need people to pray for you. There will be times in your Christian walk where you will struggle. You may have a tragedy happen in your life, and you need somebody to help you and pray for you and encourage you during that time. Uh, Or 
You may go through a time where you're dealing with great temptation and you need somebody to come alongside and pray with you and, and intercede for you as you go through that time. Uh, but, but do not try to live the Christian life on your own. That's a, that's a recipe for failure. Allow yourself to know the blessing, the encouragement, the strengthening that comes through that shared fellowship with other believers. Um, we can do more together than we can by ourselves. Uh, I think it's interesting that Jesus called 12 men, and then he gifted more. <laughs> he, he, those 12 apostles were leading out and so forth in the early church, but there, was, there were others that were gifted. Uh, I think of Philip the Evangelist. Uh, who went out and he was gifted to win people to Christ. I think of Aquila and Priscilla who were gifted, uh, a husband and wife who were gifted in teaching, and they uh, brought Apollos under their wing and taught him the way of Christ more perfectly. I think of, of uh, the, the lady Lydia who, who would sew clothing for other people and minister to the poor in, in the body of Christ. And, and so many, so many that did so many different things, but God used each and every one of them to do this, this important work. It was a fellowship. It was a sharing together. So great was their love for each other that they even sold their own possessions oftentimes and brought the proceeds to give to the church so that they could minister to the poor. You see, there was a heart for other, other Christian believers. They were devoted to fellowship. Uh, we may be devoted to different things. Some of us may be devoted to a UT football game or devoted to a UT basketball game. You know, we're not going to miss a game. You, we you know, season tickets, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, uh, you know, we'll be there every, every time, every week. And, and we're devoted to that. We don't want to miss and uh, be devoted to fellowship with other believers. It's so important. So they were devoted to Bible teaching. They were devoted to fellowship. And they were devoted to remembering. Now, I realize it doesn't say remembering in this verse. It says the breaking of bread. But I use the word remembering because I think it's important that we not forget what Christ has done for us. We celebrated the Lord's Supper uh, last week, and it was, it was a great time. I, I enjoy remembering what the Lord has done in, in that outward, visible way of, of just remembering what God has done and remembering what He's going to do. Uh, it's, a, it's a great time to remember what Jesus has done. But, you know, when you live as a Christian for years and years and years, it's easy to forget. It's easy to forget what it was like to be lost. It's easy to forget that you had sins that need to be forgiven. That you were empty without Christ. It's easy to forget these things. And when you remember, when you spend that time remembering what Jesus has done and how he saved your soul, how he cleansed your sin, how he made you new, and you begin to thank God for those things, I'm going to tell you something. You're going to draw close to the Lord. Uh, why do we sing about what God has done for us? It's a way of remembering. Why does God say, let uh, thanksgiving uh, be offered for, for all these who are in, your, your, in authority in your church? Let thanksgiving in everything give thanks. Why does God say those things? 
Why? Because God knows that as we have a thankful heart toward God and others, that we'll have the joy of the Lord because we'll draw close. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Enter his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name for the Lord is good. As they would break the bread, they remembered the broken body of our Lord Jesus. And as they took the cup, they remembered the shed blood of Jesus, the price that he paid to wipe away all their sin, to give them a hope in the future, a home in heaven, to make them the adopted child of God the Father. What, a, what an awesome work Jesus Christ did for us. Don't ever get over it. Remember what he's done. Thank him for what he's done. Praise him for what he's done. Live and be devoted to remembering what Christ has done. Paul said, forgetting those things which are behind, I press toward the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. There's a lot of things you need to forget. You don't need to live off of yesterday's victories, and, and, and you don't need to, to dwell on yesterday's failures. But one thing you do need to remember, you need to remember what Jesus has done for you. And let that influence your life. They were devoted to remembering. Each year, my wife and I celebrate an anniversary. Don't forget your anniversary, man. Each year, we, we celebrate an anniversary. It's an important time, isn't it? And you remember the commitment that you made to your spouse. You remember that time when you gave your lives to each other and the love that you share. It's a special time. Remember what Jesus has done for you. Don't forget. Set aside every day in your heart. Have a thankful heart. You can be humbly grateful or grumbly hateful. A lot of times we're grumbly hateful, aren't we? Be humbly grateful to Christ. Let your attitude on a day-by-day basis be one of gratitude. So, we need to be devoted to Bible teaching. We need to be devoted to fellowship. We need to be devoted to remembering. And we need to be devoted to prayer. Says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayers. I believe there were individual prayers, but I believe there are also corporate prayers where they prayed together. We do that each Wednesday night. We pray together as a church. We do that each Sunday around the altar. We pray together as a church. We need to be devoted to prayer. Why? Because Jesus said, You have not because you ask not. We need to make sure we're doing the asking. We need to be devoted to prayer also because prayer changes us. There have been times that I've spent in prayer and special time with God uh, that I've set aside maybe because there's something that I I wanted, maybe a problem I wanted God to to handle or or whatever. And what I found is when I get done, sometimes God handles the problem, but sometimes the problem's still there, but he changes me. If you want to grow in your walk with God, if you want to be effective, you need to spend time with God. You need to to spend time not just telling Him what's on your heart, but listening to to what He has to say in His Word. Listening uh, to His Holy Spirit as He prompts you in your life. You need to develop that relationship with, with Christ. Be devoted 
to prayer. We're devoted to many things, but very few are devoted to prayer. How much time a week do you spend with God? I remember as a new Christian, we used to have those little cards, you know, and we'd sign every, every week in Sunday school. Read your Bible every day. Read your, you know. I don't, I don't know if the entire first year or second year, I don't know, maybe three years, I don't know. I don't think I ever checked that box in three years. Read my Bible every single day. But you know what? There came a point at which I made a commitment to Christ to do that in my life, to set aside that time. You know what happened? Spiritual growth. I set aside time to pray. I I didn't just say, oh, well, I'll do it if I get around to it. I set a time. I set a place. Every single day, I was going to do this time with God. And, and I was going to, as an act of the will, be doing But now, this goes beyond that. You need to set, uh, set up a time to have your time with God, but it says they were devoted to it. It's one thing, to, you know, a lot of Christians live under legalism. Well, I'm going to do this because the preacher said I need to do it, or because uh, my Sunday school teacher said I need to do it, or because some other opinionated Christian said I need to do it. Uh, but... There's really no heart behind it. And we live by these things that other people expect, but we're really not engaged with it. We really don't have a heart for it. It says they were devoted to it. They had a heart for it. They had a love for it. You cannot do this on your own. Because there are some days you're going to wake up and you're not going to have a heart for it. I know, I've been there, okay? I'm sharing with you, I'm being real here. You need the Holy Spirit of God to live that through you. You say, Holy Spirit, I can't. I need you to do it through me. Be devoted to Bible teaching through me. Be devoted to fellowship through me. Be devoted to remembering the good things that Jesus Christ has done for me, through me. Be devoted to prayer through me. Pray through me so that I can be the child of God that you want me to be. And what will happen as we devote ourselves to prayer is that we will know the joy of the Lord. The Bible says they enjoyed favor with all the people. Why? Because they were living in the power of God. They had the special touch of God upon their lives. And people were being added every day. God was added. By the way, you do know that God has to add people to the faith. We don't do it. <laughs> now, we have a role. We, God uses us. He's commanded us to go, and all of that's true. But ultimately, unless God does a work in a person's heart, they're not going to be saved. So the work of God is accomplished through us as he touches us and uses us. You say, well, well preacher, how do I get this devotion? Well, first of all, you need to know Christ. If you don't know Christ, you won't be devoted to the things of God. You'll have no interest in the things of God. Or if you do have an interest, it'll be a, a mild interest. Uh, oh, that's kind of interesting. But it, it's not a, not a devotion. Devotion only comes when Jesus Christ comes to live in your heart 
and changes your heart. The Bible says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. My dad was saved when he was 27 years old, and he, he said that he used to think the Bible was the dullest, driest book. Had no interest in it whatsoever, but when he gave his heart to Christ, he couldn't get enough of it. <laughs> Isn't that something? I think God might have been preparing him to preach. But, but he had this heart for the Word of God, but he had no heart for it before. If you don't know Christ, you're not going to have a heart for the things of God. So you need to make a choice. Jesus died for your sin and rose again. And because Jesus died for you, you can make a decision today to turn from your sin and put your trust in Jesus Christ to save you, to forgive you, to give you a home in heaven. And he will do it. He has promised to do it. Some of you need to do that. You need to make that decision. Others of you are believers, but you haven't been living for God. You've been living in sin. And you need to make a choice today to turn from your sin. And, and it's a choice that you say, Lord, I'm choosing as an act of my will to repent, but I'm also trusting in you to do it through me. And God can help you to have that victory. But you've got to make a choice. Do I want to live for Christ? And as you make that choice, through the power of the Holy Spirit, God can change your heart more and more to have a love for the things of God. And it will grow. As you walk with God for years, it will grow. And you'll have more of a, a love for the things of God. They'll be more precious to you. I remember when I... Uh, first was saved, before I was saved, the, the songs that we sang in church meant nothing to me. Uh, after I was saved, they meant a little something to me. I was glad that I was saved, but I really, you know, redeemed, what's that mean? You know, I, I really didn't have an understanding of, of, of the words that were used, and, and it really just didn't mean, mean a whole lot or matter a whole lot to me. But as I spent that time in God's Word, I began to learn about the things of God these things became sweet to me because I recognized this is what God has done for me. And I began to understand these concepts, and, and it became exceedingly precious to me. Uh, I've told you before about the times that I, I spent when we did our series on redemption, and I, I would read in my study about what Christ did for me, and the tears would just roll down my cheeks. It was so amazing what God had done and how thoroughly He had cleansed me of my sin, how He made it possible for me to enter God's presence without fear through the blood of Christ. And I, I would get excited. Sometimes I'd, I'd pray. Sometimes I, I'd weep. But I was so overcome with the awesomeness of what God had done for me. You see, devotion comes as we make a discipline, regular discipline in our life to do those things. And then as we learn and as we grow, the things of God become more precious to us. Uh, to where some of these saints could give you some uh, testimony as, as to what God has done in their life, how God has carried them through. And uh, it's amazing. God is so good. Try it. Prove Him. Be devoted to the things of God. Lose your Make Him your number one priority. Lose your life for the sake of Christ so that you'll find it. And let him live his life for you so that you can make a difference for him. Be devoted.
to Bible teaching, to fellowship, to remembering, and to prayer so that God can use you for His glory, bless you with His joy so that you can grow to be the child of God He wants you to be. Father, thank you so much for what you've done. Thank you for the amazing gift of your grace. Father, I ask that you would be with us today. Uh, For those who aren't believers, that you would help them to be saved today, to make that choice to turn from their sin and put their trust in Jesus. For those that know Christ, Father, help them turn from sin. Help us all to turn from sin, to put our trust in you, to to walk in the filling of the Holy Spirit so that we can grow and walk with you. Help us be devoted to Bible teaching, to prayer, to fellowship, and to remembering the, the great things that our Savior has done for us. Use us, Lord, in this coming year for your glory.